Panther time. Salt of the day. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Salter Time Podcast. It's your boy Ricky, aka Dick Chuck, aka the man behind the can at Salter Time Official. Here is ours in my conversation accomplice, the man with the hunch about Worcester, Travis. What is ooh, spicy? I, I mean, you know, spicing it up, man. Like Just a ripped it. open seltzer. What is cracking, Fizzle Fiends? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. And per usual, we are ecstatic that you've joined us. This week on the show, we are talking to Nick from Bucks Worcester. But before we get there, y'all know what we have to do. Hey, Ricky, nice hoodie. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, that's right. We done switched it up and put them on hoodies. And they're going to be on some other stuff, too. Yeah, pretty stoked. We uh Travis is a genius designer, as you can tell. Um, excuse me. And we have a whole bunch of new merch. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. So we figured out some ways. We're using print on demand. Um, I don't mind telling you guys. So it, I found it through TikTok. I've talked about it here on the podcast before, and y'all know that's how I'm running hustle and work. It seems to just make sense for salsa time. And now the prints are coming out fantastic. People can order size specifically to them. It's always been our problem is that we can't keep sizes in stock. So this way, all of our fans can get the size that fits them best. And that's what we want. We just want you to make you look good. Yeah. And we can have more designs out and different, you know, different products. It's, I think, and again, I never really thought about, I mean, I guess I knew about this through like working and music and stuff like that, but I feel like the average consumer doesn't understand how much upfront money you need for merch. Uh, and then outside of money, you know, space for those types of things. And this is not our full-time job. We have actual jobs and other things going on. So yeah, this works out really well where we can have like, you know, we can do some funny merch. We can do some very serious merch. We can do super dope Worcester Hollywood sign, which should probably is going to take over the entire world this year. But yeah, we got all kinds of stuff, baby. Different colors of classic tees. Yeah. So it just, it provides this opportunity to then take some of the money, some of your support and invest it right back into the show. Like we want to get, so that's the whole point with your support. We can get Ricky a computer and get him a nice, you know, we have the microphone. We just can't use it in our current setup. And eventually we were, we are going to get back to being in the same room, but it's probably not going to be for a little while. So. Thank you very much for everybody that's supported us so far. We uh, we love having threads that you guys want to wear, and uh, there's more coming. So check it out, seltzertime.com. Yeah. And, like, the more you buy, the closer to uh, a laptop I will get. <laughs> that's a true story. So what else happened for you this week, my man? Um, I, I don't know. What did I do this week? I. Uh, that's why I'm asking you. I just, <laughs> it's a solid question. I have to ask myself. Um. I don't know. This week was good. I mean, we're one step closer to, to warm weather. I'm very excited about that. I went for a walk yesterday, Same. even though it was cold, but it was nice out. It was, um, you know, in the sun, it was warm enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, so I'm sure we'll go for a walk today too. I'm pretty excited. It's supposed to be way nicer today. I haven't been outside yet, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just pumped about that baseball season. Um, the Bruin maybe is in the back backdrop over here. TikTok star, <laughs> maybe TikTok, TikTok famous cat, maybe up in the, up in the house and she bored the house and she's in the house board. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It's been a weird week because people are starting to post the like one year ago was the last time I did this. And I'm like, fuck man, like same, but also, you know, it is, it's just kind of wild to, to realize that we're a year into this and half of the people that I know on Facebook are still like, I don't get it. Why are you wearing a mask? I'm like, well, you know, yeah, I don't know. Some, you tell states, me. some states are like, y'all don't have to do it. It's up to your person. Yeah, fuck all. Yeah, yeah, Texas is like, we're not making the year mark. Fuck that. <laughs> we're, we're done now. She's just really excited to be on. She's getting so used to being on TikTok that she is oh. now... Uh, I don't exist anymore. <laughs> so maybe, uh, what is your plans for your posts this week? Oh, kitty butt. <laughs> she's like, um, I don't know, like whatever my mom takes for videos. Um, I'm just gonna like, you know, walk around and sit on. She's been sitting on top of the pellet stove. Um, and she's totally safe. Like it doesn't, it's not scrolling, right. obviously, but it, it it is warm and that's why she likes it. Of course. So she, We'll be like watching TV and she'll jump up there and just lay. And they always like, get down. Like, don't want you to get hurt. And then she'll like look at her and then she'll like flop down and like look wicked cute. And she, it's almost like she's like taunting Naomi the entire time. Like, oh, you want me to leave? I don't effing think so. Pretty cute. That sounds adorable. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a pretty, pretty cute household over here. You know, just a bunch of cute shit happening all the time. How was your week? <laughs> it's pretty good, man. Uh, we had sort of late show this past week. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, we're doing the Twitch streaming stuff. You know, the Whitney Andy guys and I, Brian and Sean, um, and Doug Gurton. Uh, it's it's been yeah. fun. It's been a fun thing to kind of get through the past year of being stuck in this house, but still wanting to do fun things and. And with that, you know, they can't do the roast of the city like they normally do on St. Patty's Day. So Sean and Brian have taken it upon themselves to to carry the tradition on digitally. And we're going to have a roast that comes out in a couple of days. Join us on St. Patty's Day to join uh, Jimmy Cash, Doug Arbiter, Che Anderson, and of course, Jenny Pasillo. Who the is queen. Gonna, oh my God. She is going to destroy like Stone Cold and two cans of Budweiser. Jenny's not like the queen of England though. Like in case anybody watched the uh, Meg Markle and Harry interview with Oprah last night, the queen seems like she's, you know, they're protecting the queen. I get it. But also Jenny's like the cool queen, not the, the weird. Uh, kind of racist. Issue. I mean, racist is the term. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't watch the interview. Was it good? Oh dude. It was so interesting. It was so like, the queen, the whole royal family is like, I mean, the royal family's gross. There's this weird, like, oh my God, they're so amazing. And like people in America are obsessed with every move they make. It's fake. Like <laughs> it's yes. all insanity. Um, yes. And yeah, Meghan Markle isn't about that life. She's a badass and she's amazing. So she went on record and, uh, basically just told it how it was. It's very, very impressive. But yeah, there was some 
people in the, the family who had made comments about, you know, like what color is the baby going to be? Is it an, it's an issue if the baby's too dark, like that type of stuff. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's not surprising one bit. Like that's, it's, you know, old white money is old racist. <laughs> we know this, like, this is not a, a, a secret. Um, but it was still pretty, pretty shocking to, to hear mostly not shocking to hear because it's true shocking that somebody finally stepped up and was like yo fuck this shit um i'm not a harry fan i think harry's a tool but (laughs) he is but um but he did the right thing by sticking by his wife and doing everything he could to protect her and his family i think that is something that he definitely deserves credit for um but yeah, it's it's very interesting. And also, real quick, everybody was like, "Oh my god, they got paid! It cost seven or eight million dollars for this interview." It did. None of that money went to Megan or Harry. That's what it costs for Oprah's production company. So chill. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. People were losing their minds, like they were making money off of this, and it's like, well, no. I mean, if they did, hell yeah, like why not? But also, like. The, the money that was the 8 million was a production cost thing, which is a lot of money. That's a lot of fucking money for an interview. Yes. All right. Well, we are going to do some research and find out why the hell that was so expensive. Um, you guys should enjoy this interview with Nick from Bucks Blister. Yeah. What is crack and fizzle fiends this week on the show? We are talking to Nick Panarelli, owner of Bucks whiskey and burger bar here in Worcester. Nick, thank you for joining us on the show, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, first and foremost, I love the, the dedication to your craft. And you went down there on a Monday morning to make sure you set up at the bar. The background looks wonderful. <laughs> With these Zooms, you can never really tell if it's just like a digital background, but that's legit. I'm sure you can grab one of those bottles if you really needed to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think since COVID started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think since COVID started, you are the first person who we've interviewed actually in their establishment. Everybody else has just been at home, so this is kind of exciting. Yeah, something different, you know. Try to bring back some sort of normalcy. There you go. Isn't that the truth? Well, how's <laughs> yeah. it been, man? Like, you're basically getting back up and running, and I know you guys are doing the weekend things. How's it been? How's the thing at the bar? It's definitely been good. It's we're definitely, um, you know, it's been a long, long road, a long process of trying to get, you know back to what we had been before but i think that um you know each each week has been better particularly this month i've been seeing a lot of customers that i haven't seen since the start of the pandemic so that's you know obviously a great sign to be able to get you know people coming back feeling more comfortable about being out and you know just either that or they're just getting sick of you know all of the uh the pandemic and they just like uh, they've had enough of it it's time for us to go out (laughs) Did you guys, um, so are you guys seeing more people, you're saying you're seeing more people coming back. How's like the takeout vibe been going? Has it been busy? The takeout's been phenomenal. Like before the pandemic, like we were never really a takeout place. Everybody came in here and ate. Yeah. Uh, And they, uh, once we had to make the adjustment, we ended up doing very well with the takeout. And now it's become part of a staple of, you know, what we have with the dine-in and everything so people are you know still ordering there's still people that you know aren't 100 percent comfortable with coming out yet but at least they're 
they're still eating, they're still ordering somehow, whether it's, you know, food or they're getting beer to go or cocktails to go, whatever. Um, it's definitely nice to see that, you know, that increase of a, kind of a void that we had because we never really did much takeout. Now it's averaging at least 10 to 12 takeout orders a night, you know, as opposed That's to awesome. five a week. So, <laughs> so it's definitely a change, definitely a change. But, That's awesome. Do you think, okay, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything about this at all, but do you think they're going to keep the beer and cocktails to go at least for like the time being, or do you think that's not going to get squashed? I think that they're going to keep it. I mean, it really, it really makes a lot of sense. I mean, why, why haven't we been doing this forever? I mean, you could always, right. order, you could always order wine to go. How's that different than a beer? Yeah. You know, I mean, order a beer to go. I mean, most beer today is in cans and, stuff like that. So it's definitely a lot easier transport. So you can just grab a pint glass and just throw in a cup. Sippy cup. Yeah. I think, that, you know, I think that the restaurants push for it, for that just to be a continuum. Like, I think that would, I think that would be great. That's so, a local yeah. thing, right? That's, that's Massachusetts based. That's not everywhere. Oh yeah. Like in New York, you can get a beer to go already. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it just yeah, I know sense. down in, the first time I ever went to Florida, um, I'm pretty sure we could get beers to go in Florida. And my mind was blown. I didn't even know that was an option anyway. And it was just like, wait, what? We can do this? This is fucking great. Like, and then, of course, it's been years since I've been there. And then when they started doing this last, you know, I forget when beer to go started. But I was super excited about it. It was great. Yeah. You know, I think it definitely, it definitely helped out a lot of places because you know, that's, that's really where your profit margin is, you know, especially yeah. bars and restaurants. It's like everything here, this is what, you know, makes you the money and everything else is just kind of gravy for it. But it's, um, I, I think that it would be essential for us to continue this on. I mean, why not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So I got to know, how did you get into owning a restaurant? Like, is that something you always wanted to do or you just kind of just happened? <laughs> so my grandparents really started us off in the restaurant world. We had a uh, catering company and um, the original Italian kitchen on Shrewsbury Street. And from there, obviously, my father got into it. My parents got into it and they were just, you know, they just kind of fell into the tradition. And then my father branched out to pizzerias, delis. Uh, the Lakeside Bar and Grill in Shrewsbury was his and, you know, continuing on with the catering as well, you know, since we've already been established for 20 or 30 years. And then he took over and kind of continued on with that. And then I just grew up in the restaurant world and it was just, uh, always swore that I wasn't going to do a restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's been there, done that, got a t-shirt, you know, it was great. But yeah, here I am. So <laughs> you just stick with what you know at a certain degree, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's in my blood. I mean, we've been doing uh, restaurants in Worcester and Shrewsbury for about sixty years now. Damn. So, I mean, it's just it's just a constant it's a constant thing that we know and we're known for it. So why not? Why not do it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're clearly good at it. 
And it was funny when I was opening, um, the whole family was like, okay, what are you, you know, what are you doing? Do you need, uh, the eggplant rollatini recipe? Do you need this? Do you need that? And I'm like, no, we're not going <laughs> to be Italian. They all looked at me like I was nuts. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not like we haven't had Italian restaurants before and yeah. we very well with it, but there are other foods other than Italian. So I, <laughs> I kind of looked at the idea, okay, let's bring, let's take the most simple classics and let's not have a big menu. Let's make them amazing. Like have the best mac and cheese, have the best burgers. Like let's really, really push to pinpoint those few items, but make them really good instead of yeah. having, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys, when you go out to some places and you got the menu that it looks like it's on Schitt's Creek, you know, <laughs> five pages of just everything you could possibly think of. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, how can it statistically all be good? Oh, it can't be. You know, and I wanted to bring like back the simplicity, introduce people, you know, reintroduce people to their classic favorites. I mean, who doesn't love a burger? You know, fish and chips. I'm, I know you love Dude, them. <laughs> that fish and chips. I have, so as soon as we like lined up this whole, like having you on the podcast, all I've thought about is the fish and chips. So you will see me at some point this week getting them because I love them. My girlfriend was not around this weekend. And I, the only reason why I didn't get the fish and chips is because she's obsessed with the rattlesnake mac and cheese. She gets it with no bacon, but I, she probably would have killed me if I went to Bucks and got food while she was oh. gone. So, oh yeah, you would have definitely been in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. So th- this week, this week we will be in because she needs the mac and cheese, and I need those fish and chips. They're so good. <laughs> but to that point, there's something just beautifully simple about those classic meals, those classic American pub food meals, and like to your credit, I think you're right to do those pub food like super, super well, do it with a sense of flair, do it with a sense of passion. And you're going to pair it with something that's delicious. That's, you know, from behind you poured directly for this pairing. Like yeah. that to me is a great user experience. I can see why people get into it. Yeah. Are you um, finding a lot of regulars like in the scene, you know, even for me before pandemic, like have you found that you're really making an impact in the community? Like you must have people that are regulars and like, Oh yeah. I mean, like it's, it's getting like funny. Like I growing up, like I've always thought of a regular as somebody that would come in like once every couple of weeks or even once a week, you know, and my definition of a regular now, I mean, I have people that come in two or three, two or two times a week and it's just like, they That's found awesome. what they like and they bring new people in and, I mean, we're only open four days a week and I get to see him for half of it. <laughs> but that's awesome. But it, it's good though. Like it really, it really caught on. Like, I mean, it just back to basics, simplicity, giving people something that they didn't know they had. I mean, my biggest thing was obviously I'm a big whiskey guy. So as you can see, <laughs> um, and you know, I wanted to introduce people to things other than Jack Daniels, Johnny Walker Black, and Jameson. Like, we carry those, but we don't, they're not on the shelf. You won't see Jack Daniels ever on the shelf. You know, I'd rather show more of like, more of like the Japanese whiskeys and, you know, yeah. cool. different Irish whiskeys that aren't Jameson, which is great. <laughs> and then, you know, compounding that with uh, the craft beer and everything. I've When I opened up, I was like, Obviously, I always admired 
Alec for everything he does. He did for the craft beer community in Worcester. I mean, between the Armsby and the dive bar, it was just unbelievable. So I, like, yeah. how he went about it and stuff. And, you know, obviously he has the biggest names are under him, which is amazing. But, you know, I wanted to take a step beyond that and highlight a lot of these smaller local places that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. When, Take, for instance, when Seven Saws opened out and now Holden. Nobody knew. I was going to say, the, the only reason I even knew about Seven Saws was because of you. <laughs> I would see you posting about it. And then I know those guys, I met a bunch of them at the dive. Did They They might have even come in with you. Yeah. <laughs> we closed, we shut down the bar at Bucks and then they all showed up and they're like, well, let's go out. So I said, well, no better place to go than the dive bar. Uh, <laughs> we walked out there and yeah, I think, uh, I think they started an arm wrestling, uh, like competition between all the customers in the back. I remember. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that was a very late night. We ended up coming back here till I don't even know what time, but a lot of whiskey that night. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome going out like finding these places um and just trying to help them get their word out you know because a lot of them if like the small places they really can't distribute they don't have enough you know they either don't have the ability and the size for it or they just don't know how to get out into like that marketing point and when i saw seven saws i was really blown away by them and that really enticed me to say okay well let's start focusing on these breweries that aren't around here take true north for example they were in 300 locations east of boston i was the only person to bring them out here and now it's funny because everywhere you go you see true north northern haze that was the yeah. first i brought over from them now they're i think they have now west of boston i think they have like 75 accounts oh like, wow they just blew up and they were already established. They were already there. You know, they, they put out a great product, obviously. Yeah. That's why it's so good. But they um, they reached out to me when they saw what I was doing. And same thing with, like, White Lime. They were only in, oh, in Springfield and west of Springfield, posted in New York. Nobody out here knew who they were. Ray, the owner, Ray, reached out to me and was like, hey, see what you did with a bunch of the other places. I'd love to come on board. Now White Lion always has one tap, and I think we have we have five cans in the cooler from them, just because all their stuff is phenomenal too. That's it's awesome. Be able to highlight that, so that way when the customers come in here, they say, "Oh, okay, let's you know go to the tap room, go and actually experience what I got to experience when I first went." Yeah. So that's kind of been the game with the the craft world, and you know, just bringing in new places. I mean, I think there are. There are four, four new breweries that just came on. They just dropped off their stuff yesterday, and they're all downstairs. And that will be all next week of introducing, like, I think, uh, two weeks' notice. Um, Sterling Street's already been out there. They keep coming up with more stuff, and they've been awesome. I've, I've never tried their stuff, but I see them, like, other people I know and follow throughout the, the beer world keep posting about them all the time. I got to check them out. They are they're, They reminded me a lot of Seven Sauces. Like okay. the way that they kind of came up in their professionalism. I mean, even their artwork. Let me grab a can real quick. I love talking beer this early in the morning. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. But I mean, like, like, here's like what grabbed me. Like we see like, you know, just like a cool hop head 
you know, like incorporating with like the city and everything. This, by the way, Clarence, their double IPA choice. All right. Very good. We've, uh, I think I bought three cases last time I went there and I'm down to this can and one other one after not even two weeks. Well, wow. Days realistically. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. They, I mean, and, and I like being able to, you know, to highlight these places and help them get off the ground. Now people are coming in and they're saying, oh, what's Sterling Street? Go down there, check them out. And now they're getting all regulars and say, oh, yeah, well, we heard about you from Bucks. We tried you at Bucks. And now we want to come down and support local. Yeah. Dude, that's so awesome. Yeah. I enjoy it. And it's fun. I mean, that's my nights off. I have to go to breweries for work. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> i mean hey i can, I can justify it right <laughs> right there you go dude that's awesome i mean between you guys having like an amazing whiskey selection and then all the beer and everything your staff is i mean i haven't i haven't actually sat in a restaurant in like almost a year i think outside of one place um but your staff is literally the nicest crew ever it's awesome and the, the like one of the biggest things i noticed is I mean, yeah, you guys all came to the dive, which was fucking amazing. But even going out to other places in the city, like going over to the Pine or going to any of the breweries, there's always somebody with a buck shirt that works there. And like your team is like so proud to rock that logo. And that's that's such a huge, huge, huge thing. Because you don't see that that like almost at all in the restaurant world around here. No, and that's and that's like that's one thing I wanted to look at. Like I don't I don't look at what, you know, other people are doing. I want to do something different. Like I want yeah. it to stand out. That's why I like, I've never spent the dollar on advertising. I, you know, buy the t-shirts and I give them away. I give out more clothing than we sell. And <laughs> it's funny because I always get a Snapchat, a phone call, a text, a picture, whatever. Somebody will be in down at Hampton beach. Somebody's walking around with a buck shirt on. Yeah. Like, Somebody goes somewhere else, and uh, the best one I had was out in uh, Colorado. My cousins were out there, and they had, like, they were going to some new place, and they saw somebody with a Bucks hoodie on. So, obviously, my cousin goes up, like, hey, like, how, how did you get that? They go, oh, we visited friends in, you know, Massachusetts. We went to this wicked cool spa. Like, you know, it's like, and they started raving about it. My cousin's sitting there, like, well, my cousin owns it, but, you know. <laughs> that's pretty cool like it's just out of the blue i've met the people before and it was just like they called me afterwards and told me and i was just like that's that's awesome like it's it's getting me like it's yeah (laughs) dude that's so sick i love hearing stuff like that (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely it's it's rewarding for me to you know hear that people enjoy the place you know and it's you know being here every day, especially during the pandemic and stuff, like it's definitely been very draining, you know, yeah. I imagine. not just myself, but every, every restaurant employee, you know, in the world, it's just like to hear like, you know, positive things coming from people. It just makes us want to like keep going. Like, yeah. You know, work harder, get more stuff in here and just continue to wow people because at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And, you know, not just food and drink, but, a good experience. Yeah, exactly. It's hospitality at its finest. Yeah. 
You That's guys great. have been giving back, I mean, through this whole thing too. Haven't you guys been preparing food for first responders and like guys that need it, people on the front line? Yeah, that, um, that I kind of, I came up with like right when we were shutting down, like I was like, oh shit, like now, like, what do we do? We just hit like our full stride, you know, coming up on two years and it was better than I had anticipated to year three. And once we were forced to shut down, I'm like, shit, like, (laughs) (laughs) because now I'm not even two years old yet because it was March 16th and our anniversary date is April 30th. So I'm like, uh, only a year and 10, 11 months. That's very easy for a restaurant to be forgotten. Yeah, hell yeah. I I got really nervous. I'm like, oh shit, like, what do I do? So I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, what better way to, you know, stay in the community's mind and other than actually helping out the community. So I started thinking about it and I'm like, okay, so who's, you know, who's hurting the most? Obviously, you know, bias because I'm a restaurant owner. We're all, you know, not ecstatic about this, but I'm sitting here like, okay, what about all the nurses and like the doctors that are dealing with something that we have no clue what we're really doing at that point in time. And, you know, they're there busting their ass to keep us all safe. I said, you know what, maybe it'd be a good thing to, you know, do something, even just something as simple and small as a dinner, you know, just a, Hey, somebody's thinking about you, you know, type idea. And I pitched it to my food distributor and they're like, well, this is a great idea. Like, how can we help? So I'm like, well, why don't we, why don't we do one night on, we actually did it on our um, anniversary. We donated 500 meals to all of the Worcester hospitals. So, so came in, I think we got here at like seven o'clock in the morning. We didn't finish until like 10 o'clock at night. Cause we wanted to hit all the, all three of the shifts. And it was just, it was really incredible. It was, it was hectic as hell because trying to put 500 individual meals together. So it's not like we're just doing catering and like, here's the big trays. Now we yeah. have each meal. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is going to be a lot of fun. And it, it was, it was a lot of work, but my staff was just absolutely incredible um, with helping out and doing everything and actually making it a reality. And then once we did it, I was like, this is awesome. Then my phone started ringing. I'm getting calls from people. I have no idea who they are. I've never met them. They've, I have people not even from this state. Like they had seen like an article on mass live that we had done the donation and people are calling saying, okay, well, we want to help. Here's my credit card. Like, can I sponsor, you know, 50 meals to wherever either they would choose a place or I would. And I was like, okay, well, let's, start getting this rolling. And before I know it, before I knew it, we were already at, I think, I think it was like 1300 meals between hospitals, rehab centers, nursing homes, uh, fire departments, police departments, EMTs, ambulance services. And then it just started, you know, like I noticed very quickly how much it grew in just a month. I was like, well, let's make a goal. Let's do 2,000 meals. That would be like my ultimate goal. Started surpassing that. And then just recently, um, Tito's Vodka reached out to us 
and said, we want to do 125 meals to UMass Memorial. And this was, I think, a week or two ago. And I was doing, like, I had my little notebook with all my tallies of, like, how many, like, meals we did. And it put us over 3,000 meals um, since incredible. the start of the pandemic and less than a year that we were able to donate to first responders and, you know, the, the healthcare world. And that's the coolest thing. Yeah, I, I always really felt awesome. that you have to support the community that supports you. And, sure. you know, it's a business wise, it made a lot of sense because you bring in new customers, you know, they try something and, you know, chances are they're going to like it. I mean, we've been cooking pasta and, you know, roasted chicken for 60 years. I think, <laughs> I think we know how to put that out by now. <laughs> but it was just, you know, it was good because now people got to try our food. People didn't know about us, but Hey, here's this restaurant that's, you know, during the pandemic, still reaching out, still trying to get back because, you know, now I see it like after, after this whole like year and now things are starting to alleviate. Like I see a lot of new customers coming in and a bunch of them have pulled me aside and said, you know, I had gotten one of those meals on the two year anniversary or I work at, uh, this nursing home or this rehab center. And, you know, we were just so grateful for what you did. We want to come back and support you. And that, that to me, it was like a, it was a real like circle of life moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And I was just, I was humbled by that fact. You know, I didn't do this to expect anything in return. I just, the community has been so great to me and so supportive of me. I'm like, this is something that I have to do for yeah. I feel yeah. like the right thing to do. I love how people have really taken to it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been great. And like, I noticed a few other restaurants were starting to do the same thing and it's awesome. I mean, cause we have to get back I and mean, it's just what you have to do. <laughs> yeah. You're describing what a community is. A community is people that take care of each other and recognize that yeah. when somebody's down, we take care of them. And, and people are going to remember that. You know what I mean? I will, I will always support a restaurant of another business that has gone above and beyond and gone out and helped out somebody else. Like that's fucking awesome, man. There's just no other way to describe it. Thank you for doing that for our community. Thank you. That's rad. So, okay. I see all the, like the fire patches above you. Mm -hmm. How did that start? Cause I've heard stories of like, people being there. I mean, I know you guys must've just opened the, when was, was it two years ago that the, um, Oh my God, I can't remember his name. Menard. Yeah. Firefighter who passed away. Who's like, they had the funeral over on temple street. Oh, uh, Roy. Was that Men- oh Roy. Roy. Yeah. Roy um, Jason Menard was, uh, second one okay yeah i just remember seeing photos of like everybody lined up in front of your restaurant that was like the the shot for some reason that i saw the most and it was so cool because a lot of those guys would come into the dive and like obviously we have drastically like it's a different vibe in there the the beer coming from you know i mean firefighters are coming from all over the country and you know kind of all over the world and coming in and looking for certain things and like, or food and we didn't have it. And I remember they would go down 
and then they'd come back and like some of them it like didn't have their patches on anymore and like we just get in this place bucks and i was like dude i love bucks but it was like the the number one thing people talked about was going down to bucks so chelmsford was the first one to uh put their patch up and then from that point you see that i gotta get better with this ah there we go <laughs> So Chelsea was the first one to patch up. And then before you know it, people just started going. That's so cool. People started going more. My favorite patch is actually coming up right here because the guy was so impatient. He just said, you know what? We're just going to rip <laughs> right off. And that's so Everett. So it absolutely worked. And before oh, yeah. we do it, we started getting patches from all over Massachusetts. Um, patches from all over, you know, different states all over different parts of the U S and then it just continued on from there. And, you know, I, I have customers that come in. Um, there's one up here that's actually his old, um, air force patch because he was a firefighter in the air force. Back and I think, I think he said the patch was about 60, 60 years old or something like that. Older gentleman comes in all the time and he just said, you know, I, when I saw that you were getting all the patches and everything, I went into the basement and I dug this out and I want you to put this up next to Worcester fire. Cause he's from Worcester. Yeah. And like, I was just blown away. I'm like, this is the coolest thing that I've ever gotten. Yeah. So sick. Just seeing everybody like when they come in and they're just like, you know, Oh, that's my town. That's my city. You know, stuff like that. It's a conversation piece. And yeah, really just started off of, you know, the jumps for fire guys getting, uh, saying <laughs> we want to pass. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so the whole day was everybody that came in, they were, somebody would rip off their patch, cut it off. And, you know, they made sure that we filled up the whole soffit. And I think there's probably about, I think there's like, 50 or 60 patches up there now wow. all over the place. Like we have some from Los Angeles. We have some, uh, we have one from Hawaii somewhere. That's mental. That's it's, so cool. It's yeah. And then, you know, other firefighters come in and if they notice that theirs isn't up there, they'll make sure they'll mail my guy have people mail me patches and, <laughs> you know, just to go up and be part of that, you know, I mean, it was a sad occasion obviously for what it was, but for sure it was, it was extremely moving. Like when I, like the picture that you're talking about, somebody was on top of Joseph's locks and they took the yeah. shot, you know, at the front. And it was, it was such a powerful silence. Like there was no noise on the street when, you know, the trucks came past when everybody was outside and it was just like, just to see like the, the brotherhood, of the firefighters it was it was moving i was just like blown away by it and the fact that other towns came in and covered the worcester routes during you know that like that's like that's unheard of i mean like it's the coolest like it's the saddest thing in the whole world but the way that i've I've had no experience with i I didn't grow up with like a a family member in the as a firefighter or anything like that but working at the dives like unfortunately i worked for two of these things. And it was, you see, like, I've never seen anything like it ever. I was super young when the Worcester six happened. And, and I like very much remember that, but it's so different being that close to it. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. 
I just, like I said, I was blown away by the brotherhood. It was just, you know, it didn't matter who they were, where they came from. It was like, they, you know, they all worked every shift together. Yeah. It was, it, it was absolutely incredible. You know, I, I still, you know, I'll never forget those days just because of, you know, how, how close everything was on such like a sad point that everybody like built each other up and, you know, move forward. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. As I, I remember like one of the, sorry, Travis, one of the lighter, one of the lighter moments of, of those things is, um, (laughs) you, those guys like to party (laughs) and they would come in with like they'd literally walk in with like a Bud Light or like a full beer. And I was like, what the fuck? And like, you know, as somebody who, who working, who's working a bar, like you can't bring outside liquor in. Yeah. And I remember watching them walk in and uh, not going to drop any names, but there was some like people who work with the city who happened to be in the bar. And I like looked over at them and they looked at me and all I heard from the corner was just put it in a glass. And I was like, okay. And we just, we just let them drink whatever they wanted. Even if they brought it in, we'd pour it into a glass for them and just get rid of the, the can or whatever it was. And even, I mean, they still would buy stuff too. They just wanted to okay. finish the thing that they drank on their way in. And I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> the thing that blew me away was it wasn't like, it wasn't like just opening, like ordering one beer at a time. Like it was like, I'll have one, I'll have one. They're coming up and they're ordering. Oh yeah, we need 24 Bud Lights. Yep. <laughs> we need Nick Baltras. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Here's the box. My hands were so like, beat up at the end of the day from opening the big bottle. I'm like, Jesus, come on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was mean, wild. That's, that's so the community though. And you, Ricky, you said that you'd never had a family member. My godfather was a, was a firefighter down in Connecticut. He was a um, assistant chief and he passed away later in his life. Um, but when he died, I don't really know him. I didn't really spend a lot of time with him. But when we went to his wake, there was two firefighters that stood and guard over his body at all times. And like, I, we didn't know these people, but they, because of his service decided that he d- deserved this. So the entire six hours, you know, my grandmother, this is her brother. That's, it was so fucking moving to have these dudes. Cause that's the community. That's, that's the mentality they build in that they're all family. You brought it up. Like they treat everyone like their family. And that's, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's. So we, we should let them drink a beer and, and, you know, they risk themselves. They want to go out. Yeah. Okay. Finish that beer. Here's a glass. Just be, yeah. be smart. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who's going to say anything at that point? <laughs> right. <laughs> They're the ones that would actually be enforcing this. <laughs> exactly. <That's also> true. <laughs> Um, so you, you keep bringing up how awesome that street is where you're located or how pumped are you that the ball field's coming in? I, I am beyond ecstatic that this is, you know, finally happening. I mean, like, obviously hearing the news of everything going and then we're all excited. And then March 16th hit and it was like, (laughs) nope, nope, nope. Don't get too excited. And I was like, within the past couple of weeks, like I was starting to get nervous, like, Oh, this is great. Like the ball field is ready to go. It's beautiful. Now can we get people in there? And yeah. then, you know, thankfully they made the announcement that, you know, March 22nd or whatever date, um, is a, you know, 12% capacity, but 
honestly, it's better than nothing. Like, oh, I for sure. Sit there and play the whole season and not have any fans. And I'm like, ah, well, that's not what I was kind of hoping for. <laughs> no. <laughs> we were hoping for hungry people, hungry, thirsty people. <laughs> so, I mean, I know like right now they're saying 12%, but the I think the opening date is uh, mid-April. So it's by then I'm sure it's going to be raised up and, you know, those numbers as the numbers for the cases continue to decline. Obviously, you know, we'll start seeing like more of the attendance and, you know, the capacity restrictions start to be lifted. You know, yeah. I think it was a big thing that, the restaurants have finally lifted on the capacity. Obviously, you still have to do the um, the six-foot distancing and everything, but it's – I think that it's, you know, definitely moving forward in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I – working in the, you know, bartending industry and stuff forever, watching what you guys have had to go through for the last year plus almost has been a nightmare. So it was definitely not, not the greatest, but it, if anything, I, I feel that, you know, it kind of became survival of the fittest, I think. And I feel that a lot of people got to learn a lot about themselves. I know I did like, can we make this into like, how can we do it? So it's extremely simple and just make this work on a small, like such a reduced scale and just sitting there and grinding it out and in the back of my mind knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel yeah and having said that it's you know if we could survive this survive anything realistically you, you there's nothing else i can i mean this is the worst that could possibly yeah. happen Come on. by fire <laughs> manual there was no nothing and you know my i remember sitting there talking with my grandfather and everything the other day and he's like how the hell did you figure all this out? And like, they, nobody's had to deal like with a pandemic to this extent of being forced to shut down. And it's like, how did you do it? And I'm like, oh, honestly, Bob, I don't know. I just kind of winged it. <laughs> I mean, there was no instructions as to what you had to do or how to get it done. And I'm just like, well, I guess we figure it out on our own. <laughs> Identify opportunities and take risks. Like, exactly. But shit, like, you're doing it all the right way. Like you identified ways. You said it yourself. You didn't do takeout before. So you changed up your menu and made a takeout focused menu. That's being fucking resourceful. You then yeah. donated money toward the community. That's continuing to be resourceful and it's going to pay dividends. Like that's what a lot of these restaurants didn't do where they just became super insular. And unfortunately they, they didn't last. And it sucks. It sucks that we lost so many people. But I also think that there's now a whole new set of opportunity coming out the other side of this, where we have a bunch of turnkey restaurant spaces here in the city that could potentially provide opportunity to somebody that hasn't been represented, which is super fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you saw at some point, but Kate from Wormtown was sick or something. And somebody brought her a care package. And I was like, I'm so jealous because it was like, beers and it was just all food for bucks and she was like dude i'm so fucking happy right now <laughs> I, I i've known that uh, the mastro family my whole life because they're from oh Chicago. really oh so i've known i've known katie oh god for 20 years oh and wow she's just she's just such a good person and like yeah when i found out that she was sick and she lives down the street from here so i was like 
All right. Well, our favorite thing is uh, corn chowder. I don't know how, like, where it goes, but she'll eat more corn chowder <laughs> anyway. Um, so I made sure that I packaged that up and threw in a couple of beers. I was like, all right, well, here's a little care package. You know, get better soon so we can see you down here. That's awesome. But yeah, she got it. She got a kick out of it. <laughs> Hell yeah, she's the best. I that's like she's like one of the people I miss from like bartending because I saw her. I don't know, at least once a week, sometimes more. Either I'm stopping there or she was always coming to dive after they closed and stuff. So yeah. So cool. That's, that's awesome, man. It's the little things. Exactly. I mean, it goes a very long way. (laughs) Hell yeah. So what's, uh, you know, just kind of looking forward, what's to be expected from bucks this summer, anything that people should look out for? Uh, Well, we're aiming to bring back our, and obviously right now we're Thursday to Sunday, uh, March 16th actually marks that one year. So I'm going to bring back Tuesday, Wednesday, because everybody's been asking me for taco Tuesday. And it's just like, you know, making sure that we have the staff to do it. And so that way we don't start running around with our heads cut off and, you know, try to make it work. So March 16th, we'll be bringing back Tuesday, Wednesday, and we're going to probably remain closed on Mondays just because after looking at the ball field schedule and everything, they don't have any games on Monday. So I'd rather get the whole place just a day, just to not be in here, give the staff a day, like just to recuperate after, you know, what I'm anticipating this ball field to do is going to be kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully so. Does. That's, I think we'll, you know, it, it's going to get back there. It's slowly, but surely we're going to, we're going to pick back up and get back to normal. Hopefully. There you go. Hell yeah. I look forward to it. Yep. I haven't, I haven't sat at a bar at all during the pandemic. So like, I cannot wait to just sit at a bar and drink a beer that I didn't pour myself or like a drink that I didn't make myself. <laughs> Cause I had, I haven't done that in an extremely, extremely long time, which is not something that I've ever done. So <laughs> I think everybody's ready for it. You know, yeah, it'll be great. It's getting time where, all right, you know, we've been at this for a year now. Like let's get back to normal. Let's go and, like you said, just even just like a simple, such a simple thing, like just yeah. sitting at a bar, ordering a drink, like stuff that we had almost taken for granted before. And now it's like, that's the only thing that everybody wants to do. Yeah. It's the smallest. It, I mean, it's not the smallest thing, but it, it, it feels like the smallest thing. Cause it's such an afterthought. Like, yeah, I'm just going to grab a beer. But now you're like, I can't fucking wait to just have a beer that somebody else poured for me and like have a conversation with a bartender again. Yeah. so sick run into a stranger at a public place yeah <laughs> yeah legit that's all i want is to have a conversation with anybody we'll get there well nick how do people find bucks on uh, on the internet or on social media uh you can follow my handle at bucks wister um we're on instagram and facebook uh my website is terrible i'm working on that now so that will hopefully be, you know, look like what made by a five-year-old. <laughs> that might even be an improvement. I don't know. I put it together. More words. Oh, I wouldn't want to visit this thing. <laughs> that's why I push everybody to Instagram because at least that's something that I can control and it's fun, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, the best way to follow us. We always post the daily specials and everything. And then any, like, events that we're going to hopefully start doing because I want to start bringing back the tap takeovers and, you know, allowing like 
the breweries and the, the owners and the actual brewers to come in and introduce themselves to people. You know, obviously everybody's a little nervous now, but before the pandemic, we had started doing that. And it was just, it was cool because people would come in and they actually get to see the guy that made the beer that you're holding. Like that's yeah. like, I think that's, you know, it's, it's something different. Oh, and for sure. I, once we uh, start getting that back up, I'm hoping within a couple of months to, start doing that again and get more like events like that. Um, maybe even like whiskey tastings and everything, try to get more people out just because everybody's going to want to go out now. And it's like, let's provide something that's, you know, fun and unique that we didn't have before. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, those will all be obviously posted on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, definitely keep people up to date with all the events that are going on. Cool. I cannot wait to come down, sit at the bar, and have a burger. Um, <laughs> potentially, maybe even go to a baseball game, but we'll see. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to fucking go to a baseball game. <laughs> I, it's just, I, and it's right within reach. Like I, yeah. I look at, like I'm, I'm looking at the the ball. Like, <laughs> yeah, those damn right lights. Like, come on, <laughs> let's use this damn thing. Right? <laughs> it's gonna be so sick. Oh, I can't wait. Awesome. Oh yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure to talk to you, Nick. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah. I can't wait to see you down at the bar. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, yeah, we'll definitely have to do this again. Next time we'll do it at the bar and we'll actually, yes. we'll be looking at each other. <laughs> we'll be able to actually have a few of these beers and some whiskeys or a little bit of slurring at the end, but that's fine. You know, we'll get through it. <laughs> the listeners will be. Anyway, it's it's self time, man. It's, right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It's, it's not something they haven't heard, especially on my end. So it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have to plan that once we start getting back to normal. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys taking the time, you know, this early morning to just sit down and just chat. It's just nice being able to. Hey, it was having the conversation at the bar, you know? Yeah, dude. It, it, yeah, exactly. This is the conversation at the bar. Fuck yeah. That, that's, <laughs> took that's me a year position. to get here. <laughs> uh, dude, thank you so much again for coming on and just for everything that, you know, you guys do and taking care of the community and, and the service industry and everybody like that. It's, it's really is fucking amazing. So sad, thank man. you so much. I appreciate that. Guys. Thank you. Yo, have you gotten to go to Bucks since having that conversation with Nick? No, um, <laughs> not me neither. Me. I got to though. I got to because I'm freaking starving. Yeah, this week for sure. It's definitely happening. Friday night, I'm getting fish and chips. I don't care what's going on in the world. Um, the past Friday, I tried. We I wanted to get it, but we didn't really plan outside of getting Bucks, and so I called, and I I don't really know exactly like what happened, but. The rattlesnake pot, uh, mac and cheese, which is like Naomi's jam, is no longer a thing. They have like a regular mac and cheese. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll get that. Can I just get no bacon? And the woman on the phone was like, oh, there's bacon like in the cheese sauce or something. So she's like, I can like not put extra bacon on top. And I'm like, well, no, I can't have it in the cheese sauce either. Like my girlfriend's a vegetarian. So we went with something else. Um, didn't do bucks because I like kind of panicked. Cause I was like, I don't know. And I was so hungry that I couldn't really focus on anything. Yeah, It was like the panic moves. 
Oh, I was hangry. It was like a whole thing. Um, <laughs> I was like leaving work, like so pumped for fish and chips. And it's all I talked about all day. I still could have got those, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to like leave her hanging and whatever. So what a nice guy. Yeah. But uh, Bucks is definitely going to happen this week, no matter what. I'm pretty excited about it. Mad respect. Yeah. It was awesome to hear all the stuff that they're doing. You know, we a constant theme on this show is about community and about crafting the kind of city that we want to be a part of and it's spots like that local dedicated spots that i want to just support and i love oh, seeing them thrive and flourish yeah sam i i mean nick's literally like the nicest human being in the world um so i couldn't be happier for like him and his entire staff and his whole team is awesome their food's great he kills it with the draft list the whiskey lineup like he's doing you know the, like he said like the things he likes he's now showing you them. And then I think that's, that's awesome. I hope that they're just busy as hell all summer long. It's just ridiculous. Like I want to wait three hours for my fish and chips. Not really. I'm hungry, but like, I, I want it to be like that. I'm just, I'm stoked for him. It's great. Yeah. Same. So thanks again. And uh, it's that time. Take it away. Rockwell. Big shout out to Rockwell who had to lose a friend this past week. We'll miss you, Sadie, the best four-legged pupper ever. Oh, she was a big pain in the ass and she was old. It was it was her time, unfortunately. But that sucks. Forever remembered. It's always hard to say goodbye to those friends. So yeah, that's never an easy thing. Oh, it's never easy. Anyway, Stoking and a poking. Let's start with some pokes that I'm sure y'all have heard about already. And I'm going to take a different stance or probably a stance like a lot of other people. If you're pissed off about Dr. Seuss canceling books, if you're pissed off about the, the potato head bullshit, I would argue that you are spending too much time concentrating on the wrong thing. There are so many other like way more important things going on, but it feels like you just want to ignore all that and get really upset about stuff that kind of doesn't matter. Specifically, the Dr. Seuss one really gets my fucking gut because as a creator, and it's it's no longer his property because he's no longer with us, but his team still now owns the rights to that property. So it is their decision to decide what gets released how it gets released. And it was their decision to take a look at not the entire catalog, not his entire work, not put into question the validity or the quality of his creations, but the very simple choices he made in six publications that up until last week or two weeks ago, nobody fucking knew. Yeah. I've never heard of any of those titles at all. And I know that most people haven't, um, that's the part that blew my mind was all these kids, all these like 35 year olds were like, they're taking, they're canceling Dr. Seuss. That's like, first of all, bro, when's the last time you even read a Dr. Seuss book? Probably when you were like six. And unless you have a kid, you probably haven't read it since then. Also, you still have never read those six books. Like it, it just doesn't happen. Like you, nobody has, nobody's read them. Or if they There's have. four other titles that you can go and read. And you're also still going to stick to like cat and hat, green eggs and ham. And that's my point. If you ask somebody what you name a Dr. Seuss book, those six books aren't coming up in the top. Hell no. Yeah. So, (laughs) 
So people are getting pissed off. It's it's just it doesn't make sense to me. It just seems and nobody canceled it. Nobody fucking canceled it. Nobody <laughs> nobody canceled it. They as a company. You know why? Because nobody's ever read those six books. They didn't even know how bad they were. <laughs> and this it's like it this sort of thing happens all the time. It's like as as we as a society progress and have a new set of values and a new set of understanding, we take it back and take a look at history and we're like, hey. Maybe we weren't doing the things all the best. <laughs> Song of the South is not available from fucking Disney anymore because of the exact same reasons. And there's a reason <laughs> that they're rebranding what Splash Mountain is. As a Duda, I'm upset because I liked going on Splash Mountain and go zippity Duda. Ah, hey, that's me. <laughs> but I'm okay with them getting rid of it because it's fucking racist as shit. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. It's insane. upset. Check your morals. Check your values. Take a real hard look at what you're getting upset about, and then hit me up. The, the same, the same people who are getting all upset about like you know cartoons and toys and uh, you know children's books that are also cartoons are the same people who are like when we're like, hey, like you know, what'd be cool. I don't know. Equal rights. Stop shooting black people for no reason. Uh, I don't know. Stop being a piece of garbage to anybody who's not a white man. They're like. Get over it. You guys are too sensitive. Ugh. Yeah, white privilege yeah, doesn't like, exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I hate them all. I hate it. <laughs> so I'm stoked about... Uh... I'm not stoked that nobody fucking told me first, first and foremost, because I think this thing has been around for a bit and nobody told me and I feel a little betrayed and uh, I'm upset because I now want every single one of my meals out of a Tacosaurus Rex. (laughs) You may ask yourself, what is a Tacosaurus Rex? Well, friend, it is a dinosaur that has a goddamn taco slot in its back. And what else could you fit in there? Fucking it's limitless. Waffles in sandwiches you betcha soup i don't know i'm gonna try it like it's gonna be awesome i i told sarah last night that i'm throwing away all of our plates and we're eating everything out of dinosaurs from here on i mean i'd support that move for sure do you think restaurants would be upset if i brought my own dinosaur and be like i was just the chef i was about to say like nick mentioned how now that like you know restrictions are getting eased and the weather's getting nice and all that he might bring back Taco Tuesdays at Bucks. And I feel like you have to bring these dinosaurs and let's run some tacos through them. Like, let's do this. Yeah, let's, let's make this happen. Um, I saw it as a Nachosaurus Rex or a Nacho something or other. And it was like chips, a Nachosaurus. It was like a Stegosaurus. Anyway, the, the Tacosaurus Rex is the best. There's a whole, there's a whole plethora. I mean, there's a dinosaur to fit your culinary desire. So I'm into it. They have to be extinct. They can be our food delivery devices. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. What do you got for the people? Um, All right. So my poke is on the whole, like, old Worcester's better than new Worcester uh, thing that's been happening. It's really stupid. Um, you can have both. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like you can continue to support places that have been around forever that literally nobody fucking talked about until recently. You also can support new places. Like it, it is actually that easy. It's amazing. Um, I don't get it. I don't know why there has to be this like 
clear divide. Also, if you love these places before, like, why start your own place? Like, why, if we're not allowed to go anywhere new, why should we go to your place? I just don't understand. I think it's kind of ridiculous. It's the same song uh, queens that get pissed off that like, oh, I only like that band when they play a room with four other people. Fuck them for wanting to get up and, and have more yeah. fans. Like, oh, crap, something new happened? No thanks. It's like, okay, that's the most like weird hipster thing I've ever heard in my life. It's very... Contrarians, man. Very lame. Very lame. Um, just- so yeah, I'm probably going to start a, a movement on that you know, making fun of anything Old Worcester. Old Worcester is pretty much only Burger King and Bud Light. Like if you went out in Worcester prior to- And Applebee's. 2005 or something. Yeah, exactly. It was all like, okay, cool. I'm going to drink this like like neon blue cocktail that has six cherries in it that are very neon red, which is gross. Or I'm going to drink a very gross domestic- beer now you actually have options and the same people who brought these options to the city are the ones that are like dude fuck new worcester like, well you what you do you mean new <laughs> everything's new worcester. like what do you mean you want to live in fucking 1980 worcester no every, you don't nobody does every day we get a new day is a new worcester yeah seriously Let's fucking take a hard look at the things that aren't going so well. Why do we have to support a place just because it's been there for a while if their service offerings doesn't suit the needs of the people anymore? Yeah, or also, I don't know, there's like seven fucking days in a week, man. You can support other places. It's okay for there to be something new. Because yeah, they're the same is the spice of life. Exactly. They're the same people, again, who are like, oh, yeah, this place was cool until everybody else showed up. Because now I have to wait 45 minutes to get something. It's like, so go somewhere else. Am I Sorry. bummed that Frankie's takes two hours to get a pizza or that they might sell out? Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm bummed. I thought I thought I was going to be able to have the new fucking spot. But they're brand fucking new and they're figuring this shit out and a whole bunch of people get excited about new spots. It'll yeah. probably mellow out. And when it does, hopefully they get their systems in place and it doesn't take two hours. Or yeah. maybe they'll just continue selling out. Lazy I also Susan. love... I, exactly. I love the fact that like Frankie's, I haven't had their pizza yet. I've heard nothing but good things. I genuinely cannot wait to try it. But I love the fact that he opened a pizza place on fucking Providence Street. And there's people who are like, oh, it's no Worcester. It's like, have you ever been on fucking Providence Street? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? It the didn't spot open that he took. Tile. It didn't open, you know, on Main Street. Like, what are you talking about? It's ridiculous. It's a neighborhood pizza shop. Yes, and it is. It's, it's it's within walking distance from my house, and I know that area pretty well. And yeah. that spot, I'm I'm fucking thankful that anything successful, anything locally minded, has gone into that spot. Yeah, and it isn't just some carbon copy pizza place that uses the same Cisco ingredients as everybody else. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and even if he does, who cares? It's, he's not from Worcester. Okay. Who the fuck is? Like, who is anymore? Who who is? I don't understand why that matters. Like, what are you talking about? It's just, it's ridiculous. Um, I am stoked, however, on two people who are not from Worcester. Luckily, um, no. <laughs> uh, so two of my like favorite artists of all time, separately, are Anderson Pock and Bruno Mars. Everything either one of them has ever put out. I'm really into Bruno. Like 
there's a lot of Bruno Mars songs I don't like, but his last record, um, 24 Carat, I think it's 24 Carat. That one is perfect. I, I literally listened to that record only for six months. Like I put the CD in my car and it's all I listened to. I did not listen to anything else. Um, when I was at work, I would start my day by listening to that record. It's perfect. So uh, him and Britain and Anderson Pock toured together uh, three or four years ago and started to like work on some stuff together. Their styles really do make sense when you actually pay attention to their music and they are putting out an entire record collaborative. Wow. I didn't know that. It's an entire record. Uh, it's, they're doing it under the name. So it's like Anderson Pock, Bruno Mars and Silk Sonic. That's kind of like their, their band name. Um, it's such a good idea. Like they're, it's, they're, they're both so cool. Like the words that they say are cool. The way they dress is cool. The way they, their music styles are just, just cool. Like everything is sexy and fucking cool. <laughs> I couldn't be more happy. Dude, I wonder if gonna, it's going to have some, it's got to have some new wedding bammer on there. Cause that's like, most like, like Bruno they're, Mars. They're just, that's where he, he's, he's like the Michael Jackson of our time at, for a certain degree yeah. where he's just crushing hit after hit after hit. And he's like overflowing with talent, like yeah. dancing. He plays every instrument. Like it's just, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely Anderson Pox the same way, but Anderson yeah. Pock also comes with, he's not as like, it's not as Polished. universally. Yeah. I, but yeah. yeah, but I like that about him. He's not yeah. as uh, universally friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like your fucking mom, like our moms aren't listening to Anderson Pac, but our moms love Bruno Mars. Like, and that's sick. Like, that's, that's like, it's incredible. So having, giving a little bit of Pac's rawness to, I think that project's going to sound fucking funky and it's going to sound fun as hell. I'm super, I I didn't know about it. I'm excited to hear it. The first song really, uh, they released the first song on Friday. It's freaking awesome it's a i've listened i probably listened to it like 60 times this weekend it's really really party really jam good. is it a party jam yes and no it's okay okay it's cool it's the only way you can describe it. everything they do is cool it's so fucking good um everything about it's cool it's just the the video is great um bruno has a brand deal with lacoste you know the like the shirts with the little alligator yeah, so yeah. like with them and they did all this like 70s soul inspired stuff that all came out on Friday as well. It's not available online yet. It's only available in like Lacoste retail spots, but like that's a whole thing. It's Ricky. What the hell is his name? It's like Ricky, Ricky something. Um, there was a phone number you can call and he like, you can like leave a message for him. It's just the whole the whole rollout of this has been really, really interesting. And like, of course that's all I care about, but I finally have an entire rollout of something that I genuinely love. Like, and I'm genuinely excited. I don't get excited for music anymore. I'm pumped when I hear new things and I'm, but I don't, I don't anxiously wait, like, you know, wait for this new record to drop. That's, gone that's why i'm 100 i cannot wait for this to come out i don't even actually know if they announced the release date they just it, everything about it is just so sweet they did this an interview doesn't sound the level. way this doesn't what? sound the way I, I started listening to it a little bit while you were just talking right there this doesn't sound the way i thought it would it's good it's, oh, yeah. it's buttery i yeah. was i was in 
I was expecting a little more up tempo. And, and you'll that, get those. I mean, those I'm sure it's on there. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm just but to come think, out swinging with this jam is an interesting choice. I, I I am still pumped to hear more from this this act. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been great. The interview. I mean, I watched a, they did a couple of interviews over the weekend and on Friday that came out, and those were all really cool. The just the way they like talk and deliver this is nobody's doing that. Like nobody at all is is on that level. Um, and yeah, I just, I can't say enough. It almost sounds like they recorded this on analog, uh, equipment, which that's true. That's fucking, that's, that's, there's something classic cool about that, which means then to really get the full appreciation of it, you have to listen to it on vinyl, but I cannot wait for this fucking thing to drop on. It's all, I, I genuinely cannot wait. I love, love, love everything these two guys did. So yeah, that's pretty much all I'm going to listen to all year when it comes out. Um, awesome. That's all my right. stoke. All right, people, I think you did it. I think you uh, made it through another hour and a half or whatever long this ended up being. And we love you and you're the best. Find us at seltzertime.com. Find me at Hustle and Work, W-O-R-C, Hunchback Travis, Hunchback Graphics, Travis Duda. Just, just find me. I want to be friends with you. You can, <laughs> you can find me uh, at DickChuck77, every platform, Salter Time Official, every platform. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere. I haven't really been posting on this Salter Time Facebook because I don't really care about it, but I should and I will and I'll get better at it. That's it. Go buy new merch and go listen to uh, Funky Ass Music. Yeah. And support new Worcester, because you know what? Why the fuck not? Just support Worcester. We're happy with that. See y'all next week. <laughs>